Hey there, Internet. I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this is the Gem Jam, where we do an episode-by-episode recap of the 1980s cartoon series Gem and the Holograms, because it is outrageously bad, and we love it all the same. (laughs) This week, we'll be covering Showtime Part 2, which is issue two of IDW's Gem and the Hologram comic, which just came out as of this recording. Uh, which is written by Kelly Thompson with art by Sophie Campbell, story by Thompson and Campbell, colors by M. Victoria Roboto, letters by Sean Lee, and edits by John Barber. Wow. I've got it pulled up. <laughs> Everybody worked hard on this, and it really shows. First off, spoiler warning for anyone who hasn't yet read issue one. Uh, we'll be talking about spoilers in there because it leads directly off from there. Previously... On Gem and the Holograms, Starlight House went to Starlight and Starlight places in any way. We actually start off with Lindsay's show. Which I love. Is our first page, like, the most dynamic thing ever, you guys? Because it is great. It is a misfit song. It's them playing this, like, creepy freaking sounding song. There's, like, there, there's, it's a splash page, but they're short of panel structures in the same way that there is in, like, say, Gunner Creek Court. Um which is a great webcomic if you're not reading it. But, uh, I mean, it's, I love the opening of this page. It's all purples and greens, and it's great. It's, Stormer is the cutest little goth princess ever. I love her so much. Oh my gosh, right. (laughs) Stormer has read every volume of Sandman multiple times. (laughs) You can tell by looking at her. Meanwhile, Pizzazz pretty much read about half a page of Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, shrugged, and said, yeah, that sounds about right. Like, one of the things that I actually love about the first two page, first three pages here, sorry, uh, two is a, two and three are a, are a spread, uh, is that we are sort of mimicking the music sound slash audio visual effect that we did in issue one. Uh, and we kind of see it a bit later here where all of the hologram stuff is all sort of swirls and pinks and light purples. Uh, it's all very, very almost cloud-esque. These are, like, all of the lyrics and sound sort of effects here are all jagged and, and scary-looking, and they're awesome. I, I do want to point out on, I think it's page four, when you've got, like, the uh, the, the MTV show and, like, the, the Twitter uh, feeds in at the bottom. But with that, with the mentions of, like, Twitter and everything, like, this is going to date really fast but at the same time it's going to date in the same way that the cartoon dated itself it's so it's like it's true to form and i really like that that it is very much of its era no i think like all the steps they are taking to modernize it are are the proper steps i also really love sort of the the panels just the paneling in this entire issue are are great like there's a lot of uh, parallel panels with the holograms you've got these great uh semi-panel splash pages here when they're playing songs uh, I really like how the page with Lindsay doing the interview are all just the the straight boxes to mimic like a TV shot. And there's just there's a lot to love about the craft of everything in this issue. Uh, in addition to the panel layouts themselves, it's also um, Sophie Campbell appears to be really, really good at visual gags. Like the bit where Rio first appears and there's a couple of other like sight gags throughout the issue. And it's 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 really fun. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, you don't see many comic artists who can actually pull off like Leslie Nielsen style visual comedy. So I also want to uh, let's sort of talk about here. So like our, our structure here is that the misfits perform for Lindsay. Then they're in like their their dressing room talking about how the bands they're all around suck. And then it gets pointed out to them 
that there's a gem in the holograms video. And let's talk about the two pages that are not enough devoted to the gem and holograms video. Oh, they're gorgeous. It is pink and purple power metal costumes. And it's, it's, oh my God. Oh my God. uh, We have Jim killing a dragon. Yeah. Trying to like eat Kimber. Aja Aja and like this power armor stuff. Yeah. Shayna appears to be set up like some kind of Greek oracle or something. It's And Kimber's in this like this koi fish dress. I don't I don't even know what it is, but I love it. I mean, everything about this is great. And like I like when I when I got to this page with everybody in their costumes representing like the hologram stuff, I was just like awed. Like I let out a physical noise. I also want to talk about the lyrics for a little on this. Kate, you've just had a bit of a sample of this, but uh, but Mac, you and I have watched like this whole series a couple of times. And how often do you remember the lyrics for a Gem and the Hologram song being so, I mean, empowering towards a woman and not being just sort of like, I love this dude and we're going to kiss? Uh, not that often. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if we really want to talk about this, and this is sort of our analog to episodes one, episode one's only the beginning song. So far in the comic, none of the songs have been love songs. I I, th- I think that's important. I like it. I mean, I'm if there, I'm sure there will be space for love songs later on. But to start off and, and not having all the songs focus around a hypothetical guy, it's it's fantastic. I love it. Speaking of, how weird is it that I don't hate Rio in this? Oh my oh god, my. let's talk like, about Rio. He's kind of still a douchebag in that you can see this, but it's the kind of douchebag you can appreciate and like. And he's pretty. And he's pretty. And he's and he's not afraid to take Pizazz's crap. Also, just just a brief aside here, you can almost hear the raptors shriek in Pizazz's voice in the bottom left panel. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. And like I'm personally like translating those little green skulls as like the Pizazz shriek image. Me too. Sophie Campbell's art is great for every character, but like her art and and Kelly's writing have perfectly captured Pizazz here. I showed a couple of the uh, the Pizazz expressions to my husband who by proxy, has also become a lover of Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> and he is like, and he was completely delighted by these expressions, just devoid of all context. <laughs> Real. His hair looks fantastic. He's got, uh, he's, a, he's a reporter now, uh, currently reporting on the Misfits. And he's just delighted to be messing with them the whole time. Yeah, so he is absolutely our lowest lane here. And if he's attached to reporting about the uh, the misfits, at least in this first part here, then that definitely gives us a very easy, quick way to say, no, he can't know. Yeah, if he, if he doesn't know Jerrica before the events of the story, then that gives... It's a little more reasonable that, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. The, the theoretical love triangle would happen. And he's yeah. also not there. Road manager, electrician, sound guy, boyfriend? Friend dude, man? Guy? He's he's, he's just a reporter who's reporting on the misfits and probably will soon report on the holograms and has to investigate them, which gives us some nice dramatic tension. Um, Sorry, one thing before we go is Jetta in the the comic here is is black, right? Yeah. And um, one thing that I remembered as I was watching my DVDs and listening to the uh, commentary from Christy Marks is that in the original show, you haven't seen Jetta yet, Kit, but she's white. And uh, Christy Marks actually argued for Jetta to be black, but um, positive racism had gone on. They were like, well, uh, villains can only be British or American or Russian. So that means white, apparently. And so it's, it's nice to see them bringing Christy Marks' kind of vision here. 
What was interesting is the variant covers all use the cartoon character designs, which means that Jetta is white on the variant covers, which actually really confused a friend of mine. Oh, no. She was looking for the Jetta variant cover. She got it. And she's like, why, why is Jetta white on the cover? I don't she's never seen the cartoon, but she likes the comics. Yeah, that's sort of the interesting line that I that I want to see the the comic toe well. And I think it's doing it in two issues so far uh, is uh, being enough for classic fans to be interested, but also not in a way that, say, alienates new new readers. I know a couple of people who are reading the comic um, without having seen the cartoon. And so far, it appears to be drawing them in quite well. But anyway, after this scene with Rio, we get um, we get Kimber being the most adorable, enormous pink giraffe ever. <laughs> and Shana's hair, Shana's hair, and Shana's Shana's bedhead. It's amazing. Uh, I I really I'm a really big fan of the fact that not only are our characters' outfits changing, but also their hairstyles. Also, also, most importantly, on this page, <laughs> we see Aja's room, and she has a poster for the Stingers in the background. Yes, I love Aja's room so much because it's just it's this glorious trash pile that she's living in, complete with fast food containers on the bed. I went and zoomed in on that. It is extreme nachos is where she got takeout <laughs> from, <laughs> and that's probably been there for a couple of days now. I, I like I like that her lines are pretty much just go away and go away forever. I do love the the throwing shoes gag because I mentioned before that I just love physical comedy. And then later we get Kimber screaming, "You can only throw so many shoes, Aja!" <laughs> <laughs> I just love that so much. You can tell they're sisters in the way they interact with each other. Oh, and uh, uh, mine it's listed as page nineteen, but I'm not sure if it's listing the uh, the covers as individual pages. I'm on a digital copy. Uh, but the page where uh, Kimber starts dancing, uh, this is one of the pages that I was talking about that I actually really love the panel structure of here, of the symmetry of it. It looks great just just from afar, and it's even more adorable up close. Yeah, it's just Kimber's got this enormously long pink hair and these enormously long legs and, and the cute little shorts, and it's just, I can't deal with it. It's too cute. She's too cute. I can't handle it. More importantly, though, is the next page. Oh, yeah, with, uh, with Shayna and... Uh... Angelica just kind of talking it out and hugging and it, and it's and it shows a lot about Shana's character because that carries over from the the cartoon as well where she's supposed to be the caring one who worries about everybody else mm-hmm. and it just seems so natural here it's so sisterly and she seems very uh, Shana comes across as being very insightful emotionally yeah like she's sort of the level-headed one that deals with like I, I love the fact that the, that there's even a line in here are we sure we did the right thing creating gem i mean I, I love that the idea that they created her that she is a persona that we are all in on this yeah it 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 makes a lot more sense to be having these discussions than to just kind of gloss it over in the cartoon it's like not a big deal buy our play sets and toys <laughs> <laughs> also i love the shoes i love every single shoe i see thrown all the shoes in this comic are fantastic, and I want all of them. Every shoe blog that I follow that just posts pictures of shoes ought to be, like, just posting pictures of these shoes. Hasbro, get on that. Tie it in. Just the, the gem shoe line. Do it. Sailor Moon's doing it. You should be doing it. Anyway, the next scene at the Starlight Community Center is important because we learn that uh, Ashley still has the most tragic haircut ever. Oh, she does. Oh, but she looks adorable, though. She does look adorable. And yes. Bonnie looks adorable, too. And I think she's wearing actually the same outfit she did in the uh, comic. She's, in the it's comic. a dress version. They're not like those oh, yeah. weird, like, 
pantaloon things. Yeah, the weird pantaloon things. Yeah. But it's adorable no matter what. Yeah, so the Starlight Community Center is actually our analog for uh, Starlight Mansion slash Starlight <laughs> Orphanages or whatever ha- whatever you have you. The Orphanarium. Yes, the Orphanarium. And I think this is actually, she's not named here, which would be typical, but I think this is actually our analog for the caretaker Miss... Mrs. Bailey. Ms. Mrs. Bailey. Oh, yes. She is, actually. We're happy to do it, Ms. Bailey. Oh, year. of course, of course. Yeah, except she's a miss here instead of a missus. So I, I, I admit, you guys, I was surprised to see sort of the Starlight Girls here already. Yeah, me too, actually. Like, I don't know. I wasn't really sure how they would come into play, but it's another. But this is another one of those things that in the, that the comic has done really well so far is make very easy changes that you sort of smack yourself on the head and say, oh, of course, it all makes so much sense now. Yeah, it's, it's stuff. It's it's so streamlined. It makes so much sense that you start to wonder why they didn't do that in the cartoon in the first place. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I love the fact that the sort of uh, community center band that they seem to set up is the Starlights, which is a reference that we haven't gotten to yet in the podcast, but uh, <laughs> but later on, some of these Starlight girls have their own band called the Starlights, or in, in that thing, Ashley and the Starlights. But that might be a music video thing. I don't know. But Ashley, though. You, you can tell she's she's bound for trouble because her little speech bubble has the same pizzazz skull in it. No, yeah. exactly. I love that we like already set up her little turn to the dark side of glam rock by just like getting really mad that her band practice was interrupted by like Rio. Yeah. If Rio's going to be the cause of all the problems again, I'm fully in favor of this. <laughs> <laughs> so Rio has shown up at the Starlight Community Center. And he's so adorable. Look at his face. He's so dumb. I like his shoes. <laughs> I like his shoes too. And uh, so he basically just wants to know a bit about like the a bit about the holograms because Jerrica is their manager listed as that. And I do like I do like Jerrica's arms crossed, glaring up at him. Yeah, she is teeny. It is great. Oh my gosh! I think uh, I, I forget what it says on her profile. I think she's like five three, maybe. Yeah, I think she's in five two, five three. She's me size. So you're tiny, as I understand. I am pocket sized. It feels like a. Uh, Sophie has very accurately illustrated that there is, in fact, some chemistry between the two of them and their body language. And he does actually ask her out for dinner. So they go, you see them on actual dates instead of them just, you know, arbitrarily being in a relationship. Yeah, just sort of walking around and being jealous at each other. And then we come to what is perhaps the most important scene of the issue. The most adorable scene. A signing for the misfits. (laughs) You guys don't understand, okay? I don't, I don't, I don't normally ship things all that much. Um, I will occasionally. I ship this like burning. (laughs) (laughs) I ship it like FedEx. It is incredible. I just, I just, they're too cute. Kimber's cute and Stormer's cute and they're cute together. And it's just, I can't handle it. It's too cute. I'm going to die. Oh my gosh, they're banter. They're adorable banter. They're adorable. Early when Kimber's talking about the misfits, she's like, suck it, misfits. Except for Stormer, you're cute and you should date me. That is exactly the response I have to cute girls who are famous. (laughs) (laughs) But they're just so cute. And I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Okay, okay. So like... First off, I, I just want to, like, read a little bit of this because it is I, – I just want to read this, like, last panel here on what I believe is the penultimate page of this issue. Yeah. Kimber, how much longer are you signing, uh, Stormer? Well, the others totally bailed. I guess I'm done in half an hour. Can I buy you a coffee when you finish? Uh-huh. Yeah, you just get this this 
this this sort of stunned look on Stormer's face, the stunned, delighted look, and then just dot 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 in the pa- in the uh, speech bubble, and it's fantastic. I saw this panel isolated in a preview, and I was like, oh, yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm making flapping motions with my hands, just so you know, <laughs> to get the complete picture here. It's just like everything about this is adorable, and also. Is that a vinyl? That does appear to be a vinyl that she's signing. Which is interesting because uh, the cartoon came out in a point when vinyl was still the dominant release form. Yeah. So everything that they do, they, they're sort of fighting, fighting over actual record sales. So it's kind of neat now that vinyl has made a bit more of a resurgence as, as more of a sort of, if you're going to get a physical copy of music, you probably get vinyl uh, because, you know, lossless encoding. But it's kind of neat that it's still vinyl here. I find that delightful. Yeah, it's, it's, it sort of shows how far everything's swung around that vinyl still makes sense. Oh, oh, and one more thing that we need to talk about what is adorable about Kimber and Stormer is that uh, when they're going over the video it, with the Misfits, Stormer's like, I think I read that guitarist blog, Kimber something? She, she, they, she reads her blog, you guys. It's all so cute. They know oh. each other. They're fans of each other. They're supportive <laughs> of each other. I mean, they're, they're, they have some little, like, we're going to kick your butt banter, but it's so cute. <laughs> and so our last page, our last page. Our last page are the misfits catching Kimber and Stormer uh, on their little coffee, coffee date. Shop date. The, of course, the misfits just feel completely betrayed. And so it's uh, it ends on Pizzazz saying, come on, ladies, it's time to confront a traitor. They're going to make mischief, you guys. They're going to make mischief. Also, can I point out how awesome Roxy's jaw is in these panels? Ooh, ooh, yeah. Her jaw's amazing. I just love this as his expressions, though. Oh my god, yeah. Like, the, the, like, slight, like, I mean, we've got in the background of the, of the second panel, we've got Pizzazz starting at shock, surprise, <laughs> uh, and a building fury. In the second one, we have going to, like, pure revenge fantasy and on the third it's like i am going to rip out somebody's throat <laughs> and sing about it that is 100 percent cartoon pizzazz in the last panel there oh my god everything about pizzazz is completely on point and i could not be happier <laughs> me either this is so beautiful so that is actually where we leave off on this issue and uh, and before we go today i wanted to uh talk a little about the letter at the end of this issue which is uh our holograms in this in this comic is basically going to be where uh, letters where our letters come in. But today, uh, this is one from uh, John Barber, the senior editor, uh, who I believe, uh, Kit, you mentioned in our last comic issue uh, podcast that he is the writer of one of the Transformers comics. Yeah, it's the the comic that was formerly Robots in Disguise that is now just called the Transformers. Uh, but like one of the things that I really loved about this letter, you guys, was that. He talked about how, like, Gem of the Holograms as a cartoon had really great, like, uh, cross demographic appeal. Uh, it absolutely succeeded in its thing to have, like, a show that girls would like that boys would quote unquote not mind. And I really like that letter. I think it, I think it speaks really well to, again, to the people behind this project. And I have nothing but faith in, like, all of them. I'm looking forward to one thing. What? Eric Raymond. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to where they're taking Kimber and Stormer because I am I'm a big fan of relationships, whether it's romantic or platonic or whatever, where each member of the relationship thinks the other members of the relationship are like the coolest person they've ever met. It's so cute. 
I'm I'm really glad they're setting up that sort of relationship very, very, very early compared to uh, a lot of yeah. this is sort of referencing the chemistry that the two characters had in uh, a season two episode, I think, where Kimber and Stormer yeah. go solo. So the fact that these two really get along was something that they, they did like once and maybe another time. Yeah, I think they dimly mention it in like a third season episode, but it's not as much as in the second season. No. And it's it's just really nice to see this sort of like cross band inter inter friendship relationship thing. Yeah, I, I thought I was going to have to wait for like six months before we got even an inkling of this. So I was I was surprised and delighted that it was starting off this early. Oh, oh, speaking of that, uh, there was actually one thing. Uh, the Mary Sue got an exclusive reveal of a couple more character profiles uh, from some of the upcoming oh, yeah. issues. And uh, first off, we've got there's one for Rio. There's one for uh, Synergy. There's one for Clash, who is a character that uh, that shows up first in Starbright Part One Falling Star in the cartoon. So uh, about ish episode six. Uh, and then we also have the new character, Blaze, who, uh, according to Sophie on, I believe, her Tumblr or Twitter, I believe her Tumblr, Blaze is our first trans character. I really like Blaze. She looks like Flame Princess from Adventure Time. She does. She totally does. <laughs> She's a she is Clash's friend, I believe, which I really like the the naming symmetry. Crash and Burn, Clash and Blaze. Yes. I like that like according to her likes, she seems like she's coded as a character that could be very level headed. Basically everything she has, she sounds like the most level headed other than Stormer on the side of the Misfits. Mm-hmm. And I'm also like, I just love Clash. Yeah. Uh, I love I love both Clash and Blaze. They're, they're both amazing. It's really delightful to have a like mass market comic that you can go into a store and buy that has a cast that's almost entirely female. Yeah, and it's not so far the only male introduced is Rio, isn't it? Yeah, and it's 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 full of girls, but they're not all the same girl. They like My Little Pony has different girl types, but they're like these archetypal girl types. Whereas the characters in Gem, despite the fact that you know. This is a comic about a glam rock band that uses holograms to do preposterous things. All these characters feel like real people. They feel like people that I could just go out on the street and meet. Yeah, Thompson has done some incredible writing to make these characters feel very, very real in a very short amount of time. Uh, Campbell's art has been great at translating that and, and just sort of bringing that to the forefront. From everything from their silhouettes to their likes and dislikes, everything just makes them feel so realistic. In a wholly unrealistic scenario. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 sort of the Scott Pilgrim thing. All all the characters are very they're very real and very relatable, and, and they are just put into a situation that is that is preposterous, and yet the preposterousness is not remarked upon. Yes, absolutely, guys. I know we're two issues in, but I I am loving this so far, and I am prepared to throw as much money as I can at this. Yeah, I, I will throw all my cash at it that I can. The purpose of a, the first issue of a comic is to sell you on the second issue, and the purpose of the second issue of a comic is to sell you on the rest of the series. I'm sold. I very rarely love a comic as much as I love this. This is right, like right up there with more than meets the eye with me, and that's saying something. So good. I'm so excited about this series, and listeners... Buy this comic. Uh, you can pick it up on Comixology. Uh, you can subscribe to the series and get an alert when a new issue comes out. And uh, if if you so choose, have that automatically charged. Uh, as always, uh, if you can and if it is a good store, support your local comic shop. If it is a situation where where it's a it's a store where you feel really comfortable in, that's fantastic. Throw your money at that. 
If you're not sure and you're in an area where there's a lot of comics, uh, I would look up the Valkyries online, which is an organization uh, that is all uh, women who support comics, who work in comic shops, who can personally vouch for the quality of the experiences that you're going to get in their store. Also, you know, you could buy this online, what have you. Buy it in any format that you can. It is awesome, and we would love to see more of it. We recommend it as much as we can. Wholly recommended by the Gem Jam. Uh, so join us next time, uh, probably for another episode of the cartoon, but we will try and get these comic issues out monthly, uh, which is the release of the comic. So until next time, Gem Jammers, I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mick. And this has been the Gem Jam, where outrageous birds of a feather flock together.